I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Gretel Claggart, and she was named the inaugural winner of AMC Network's Best Female Creator Award at Cerebral Fest 2020 for her independent short film, long-form narrative pilot, Storm Chasers. And she's here to chat with me about her inspiration behind this film and her whole backstory. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Janine. I'm thrilled to be here. Congratulations on your film. How did this, when did this first start? When did you get the idea? Oh my goodness. Um, well, as you know, being a creator yourself, um, these things tend to take some time <laughs> to develop. Right. Oh yeah. So um, the actual story came to me a number of years ago. Um, uh, I actually have a poem called Storm Secrets that's in my book of poetry, Monsoon Solo, Voices Once Submerged. And that poem was born from a conversation I had with a dear friend of mine at the time who um, over brunch one day told me that she was dating a door-to-door -door, door salesman. Okay. And I said- What's that? Door to door to door? Exactly. Like what? And I thought maybe you slipped an extra one in there, Gretel. <laughs> no, no. And and that's the thing. I was like, excuse me, what? Yeah. He, and, and so she and he had lost his job, okay. you know, and, and so the only job he could get was selling storm doors door to door. Oh, yeah. So that really, you know, I, I, and I was working on this book of poetry at the time and I was kind of fascinated. I grew up in Tornado Alley. So I was very familiar with having to run down to the basement, you know, for tornado library. Um, and uh, so I started doing research and I found out about these operations um, that go into weather torn areas and they sell roofing, siding and storm doors to oftentimes people who are very much down on their luck, right? I mean, they've been devastated by storms. Um, they're often, you know, lower socioeconomic neighborhoods. And um, I'm not saying that all operations are shady, right. but a number of them are. Sure. And fascinating. They're opportunists. Opportunists. And, yeah. and, you know, another name for it is disaster capitalism, mm -hmm. which is actually the largest business in the world today. Really? It, it, it is. And I was surprised to find that out too. So whether it's from natural disasters like Hurricane Katrina, for instance, mm -hmm. or from war, you know, I mean, the military complex is very good at going into countries that, you know, so it's really preying upon uh, the vulnerabilities of certain populations mm -hmm. and, and also preying upon the vulnerabilities of mother nature too. Sure. Yeah. So it all kind of started with, you know, and, and the thing that was kind of the hook for me back then was that these typically men who go door to door mm -hmm. um, and sell like in that old fashioned way um, for the shady operations, they're actually called storm chasers, similar to an ambulance chaser. Mm -hmm. Right. So yes, um, we all know what ambulance chasers are, those type right. of lawyers. Right. That don't have a good reputation. Yeah. So then I, you know, I got fascinated with that. And then I started thinking about this door to door door salesman, because it started mm -hmm. out with the protagonist being a man, actually, who had a passion for chasing tornadoes. He was a storm chaser, but he was down on his luck. And in order to make money, he's stuck in this joyless job. And he's actually a storm chaser of a different variety. So praying in the same way that he feels preyed upon because 
you know, he can't really, he doesn't feel that he can really follow his passion because he's got to make a living. It's a recession, you know, all right. those actually things that a lot of people are facing right now. Sure, very realistic. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of the kernel of it. And then through the evolution of writing the poem, um, I did my first film happy hour, which we can talk about because I know you talk about overcoming, you know, and trauma and all of that. And so, um, you know, uh, so after that, I was like kind of searching, like, what do I want to write next? And I have a number, I have a number of projects that I'm in development on now as well, but this, door-to-door door salesman kind of kept knocking on my door yeah. and so I started developing the script and then at a certain point I decided to gender flip and make I him like a her mm-hmm. and which I think you know the other thing is one of my passions is really supporting diversity in front of and behind the camera so and uh, creating uh, you know uh, creating great female roles that aren't your typical Hollywood, you know, um, yeah, that that we can have a representation of women who are in midlife or Mm -hmm. older or younger, but midlife, I think, is especially left out in a lot of stories in terms of being like a fully, like a a woman who's in her power or coming into her power, who's Mm -hmm. still a sexy you know, badass. a, a juicy woman. Badass. <laughs> a badass. <laughs> sorry. We can say that. We can, it's okay. We can say that. Okay. <laughs> if we can, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, so it was this, you know, as I think all uh, kind of very original works of art, when you're not following a formula, yeah. um, it, it does happen in this very evolutionary way. And I always say, you know, I follow, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, I think it was Robert Frost who said, no tears in the writer, no tears in the reader, you know, Mm. no, no laughter in the writer, no laughter in the reader, something like that in terms of when we're writing. Mm -hmm. So I always try to challenge myself to be surprised and to catch my, you know, I know if I'm getting really moved by something or out loud then I know I'm on to something and of course as you know because you're a writer as well writing is about rewriting you know it's like you write you rewrite you rewrite and Mm -hmm. you pull things in from different places and that's you know the exciting and sometimes terrifying journey of making art yes I was going to say I get some of my best ideas if I'm taking a walk in the morning all of a sudden I'm thinking oh my gosh that film you're, that script you're writing, you need to put in this little gotcha moment or this hysterical moment. And, and so it's constantly about taking notes and adding and, and adjusting and finding the funny. And as you said, if you think it's funny or moving, then it will be to others. Exactly, at least to your audience. You know, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what you create, there are gonna be people who love it. There are gonna yeah. be people who are meh you know, right. possibly. Um, and then there are going to be people who hate it, <laughs> you know, right. you can't please everybody. But I think to your point about the walks, I mean, I, I do the same or, or sometimes, you know, I'll, if I hit a wall, I'll lie down. And I think this applies not only to creating art, but when we're also facing challenging times in mm-hmm. our lives and we don't have an answer for something, sometimes, you know, asking the question and then lying down meditating or taking a nap and just saying 
you know, not forcing it, letting it come in. Right. Because your subconscious, so you know, true. Off and it's your subconscious mind saying, oh, here it is, you right. know, so it's, you know, it's hard too, because like, I don't get to write every day because I'm juggling a lot. Right. Um, but I try to think every day and writing is also about deeply thinking. Sure. You know? Even if it's just a scene, even exactly. if you just come up with a funny scene, that's something. Yep. Or you hear a piece of dialogue, you yeah. know, you walk down the street or somebody says something, you know, like my friend who just said it, we were having a conversation, but that it was like a door to door, you know, it triggered it mm -hmm. enough that I kept kind of going back and exploring yeah. and then it, and then it grows and grows, you know, um, there's actually a line in storm chaser that, um, I was in, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, um, visiting uh, a couple of dear, dear friends of mine. And um, I'm originally from Hannibal, Missouri. So a couple of hours away from the big city, mm -hmm. <laughs> St. Louis. Um, and uh, we were talking about some of the characters. This was in the early inception of my writing Storm Chaser as a, okay. as a script. And uh, my friend Bill said, uh, even a blind hog can find an acorn once in a while. And I said, excuse me, what? And he said, haven't you ever heard that saying? He goes, I didn't invent it. I was like, I'm stealing that. And right. I gave that one line I gave to, um, you know, uh, Flip Smith, the, the, the boss who probably reminds you of some people on our world stage, some leaders right. brilliantly played by Stephen Plunkett. Yeah. Um, so it's things like that too. Mm -hmm. some, sometimes somebody will just say something that you're like, oh, that would be perfect for this character. Exactly. That's a gem. I'm, I'm going to write that one down. How did you do the casting for the film? So I was lucky enough to meet um, a really wonderful uh, casting director named Jennifer Peralta Ajemian. And uh, she read the script. My first film, I did all the casting on my own. Um, but with Storm Chaser, I, I just didn't have the bandwidth and it was, um, I mean, Happy Hour has a large cast as well. And that was a huge process of, you know, putting feelers out with backstage and casting calls and then getting yeah. reels and resumes. And I think with mm. the my first film, I sorted through like 500 resumes, called in a hundred people, callbacks for people for a cast of maybe 12. I don't know. It was, uh, I tend to cast whittling it down yeah wow. storm chaser has a large cast too but but this time i was able to have um the budget and also a casting director who in you know jennifer read the script and fell in love with it we met you know really hit it off and mm -hmm. we we worked very closely together really brainstorming um we, of course, first started with the three leads. So Bonnie Blue, who is, uh, you know, brilliantly played by Mary Birdsong, okay. um, uh, Stephen Plunkett, who I mentioned, who plays Flip Smith, mm -hmm. and then Dominic Reigns, who's, uh, you know, an extremely talented actor um, who plays Don Stuckey. And so in envisioning these roles, one of the things that we did was we really wanted to think outside of the box. Um, you know, for instance, you know, Mary Birdsong, I mean, she's so talented and she's been in the business for years, but generally she's, she plays kind of the comic, you know, maybe the sidekick role, you know, I mean, she was on Reno 911 for years, um, yeah. you know, um, and has a cult following with that. Um, and, uh, 
you know, by Hollywood standards, they would never cast her in that role. They just wouldn't. Right. Um, but I saw her real. I was familiar with her. I saw her real and just fell in love with her. And, you know, we spoke and, and then it was kind of, she read the script, loved it. And so we got right. her first. And then, um, and then actually we went to Dominic Reigns. We were looking, I was very clear that I wanted Don Stuckey to be a person of color mm-hmm. um, who, uh, you know, and, and Jennifer, my casting director is known for diversity casting. That right. is her passion. Fantastic. Now with Storm Chaser, we had a lot of conversations because, you know, Dominic Reigns is really the only person of color in the cast, mm-hmm. but we did that intentionally because I wanted him to be as Bonnie is kind of, this middle-aged, you know, um, woman in an all boys world. I right. wanted him to be a person of color in an all man, on, in an all white world yes. to make that point of mm-hmm. kind of there being the others. Sure. Um, so that was very intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and with Dom, I, you know, I saw, I, I was familiar with his work. Uh, he's done a lot of incredible indie films that have been Sundance darlings. You know, he's done a lot of television, but what really sold him for me um, was I saw this interview where he was just himself talking and he talked about the love of his life. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I got this hit and I texted, it was like midnight and I texted Jennifer and I was like, you've got to watch this interview. This is our Don Stuckey because, and I told him when we met face to face and he loved that, that it wasn't just about his work. It was really about who he was as a person. Who he was in turn, because I wanted Don to be a man who's stuck, who's lost, who hasn't taken a stand, but who has this heart that if he loves a woman, he will do the right thing. I love it. Even if it, you know, even mm-hmm. if he doesn't immediately, that, right. you know, does come through sure. uh, and he gets unstuck. And then with Stephen Plunkett, you know, we were looking, I mean, with all the roles, we were looking at a lot of different people. And with Stephen Plunkett, again, I stumbled across his reel and there was something, he had never played a role like that, but there was just something in his essence that I knew, because I wanted to cast, you know, normally, you know, you might cast someone like an Alec Baldwin who played it, you know, played that sales guy brilliantly in Glenn, Gary Glenn Ross, right? Sure. But I wanted a younger guy mm-hmm. who had this like kind of baby face and charm about him, but who could be vicious, you know? And um, I, I had an acting professor, and I know you have an acting background too, which is great, um, uh, who used to tell me, if you're going to cast an SOB, make sure you cast a nice guy, which uh-huh. I think there's something really great in that because you never want an antagonist or a villain right. to be all bad because yeah. none That's of us, true. no human beings are all bad. That's right? true. We all have shadow and light. Yes. Um, we make choices about which we're going to spend more time in the light or the shadow. Yes. Uh, so uh, Stephen actually said to me, uh, he's like, why did you think of me for this role? And I said, I, I just, I don't know. I have a gut feeling here. And he loved the script. And so that was that. And then for That's the great. other roles, we were very lucky to get amazing uh, character actors. And we did the, we did a lot of auditioning and then we whittled it down to callbacks and amazing. it was a so the people who were involved were, uh, I feel very blessed as a director that I got such amazing talent to embody, you know, these roles that I created. It's amazing. Yeah. So without giving too much away, give a sense of what the film is about. 
<laughs> okay. Um, so um, Storm Chaser, it really centers around Bonnie Blue, who all she ever wanted to do was chase tornadoes with her dad, because that's when she felt alive and connected to mother nature. So we see a glimpse of that at the beginning. And then boom, we meet her in midlife. And she's down on her luck. Obviously, she's been beaten up by life. Mm -hmm. um, and she's stuck in this job where she's a different kind of storm chaser, which we talked about before. So she's working for this shady operation um, called Flip Siding, run mm -hmm. by this uh, boss who um, is a bully, yes. uh, you know, Flip Smith, um, who, you know, has this mantra and these very... Um, uh, almost scary kind of, uh, what would you say, cult-like, you know, flip oh, those, bitch, you know, yeah. these, these rallies where she's the only one, only woman. So, so really from there, you know, it really is a story of her starting to understand that by selling these products, um, she really is preying upon these people in a similar way that she's feeling preyed upon. Right. And, and at the heart of the story, you know, it is metaphorical with the Storm Chaser. It's working on a lot of different levels. Her passion for Storm Chaser, which she's kind of given up, an actual storm coming, mm -hmm. selling this shady, you know, selling these shoddy pot products, cheap products that, you know, for the shady operation. Um, and, and so there's this meta metaphorical storm that's brewing amongst her and Flip, their relationship. And at the end of the day, as the storm is approaching, she has to make a moral decision. And she has to decide, to decide like, is she gonna become, you know, one, is she going to become that kind of a storm chaser or is she gonna take a stand yes. and do the right thing? Yeah. Yeah. No, I and thought it was fantastic. And I, I wanna just mention for those just tuning in, we're speaking with Gretel Claggart about Storm Chaser, uh, all the info about your film is up on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. How does it feel right now? Here we are in a pandemic and you have this film out. It's been, um, well, it's been interesting uh, because I'm deeply grateful that the film is doing so well virtually. It's disappointing that we can't be at festivals live and have live audiences. Now, at the start of our run in kind of, you know, late 2020, uh, no, late 2019, um, man, the time has flown, right? Hasn't yeah. it? For, it's I can't like keep track of what day it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate to uh, have some live screenings and have great audience response and great questions. Right. Um, and again, deeply grateful that it's continuing to play the festival circuit virtually, win a lot of awards, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, we never do things for awards, but as you know, it's very challenging uh, to create art in general, especially if you're an independent, you know, and you're right. having to scramble to raise funds. You're also using some of your own money. It sure is. You yeah. know, one of the, I am, you know, one of the executive producers on this project. So uh, I, I, there were a lot of financial and uh, uh, well, all sorts of sacrifices, as you can imagine, to really make this happen at the level of production that it happened. Sure. Um, so, um, so, you know, with the pandemic, 
Um, I'm hoping that this year, later this year, that we will be able to go to a, a few more live festivals before we distribute, you know, okay. I'm not sure, you know, but I'm hoping because there, there is something wonderful about hearing an audience laugh about, yeah. and you don't get that with virtual. So, um, but I, but I do count myself as very lucky um, that it it's getting out there and doing well. Um, you know, you and I, before we came online, uh, you know, talked about just the importance of creating during these very yes. treacherous, uncertain times. And um, so it's been great, you know, to have wonderful conversations with, you know, amazing fellow artists such as yourself um, and, and to, you know, get, get the word up out about the film yes. um, because it will at some point be available online. And I have developed a story Bible. So you never know, it might become a series down the road. Great. Um, uh, you know, I try to create without attachment. So uh, also developing other projects. And I think that that is important, whether you're, I believe that everybody, like I believe that everybody is a poet really, you know, poetry was our initial, way of, you know, human beings telling historical tales to each other. Yes. So, um, so spoken word, I think, is within all of us. So even if you're not working as an artist, being paid as an artist, I am a firm believer that creating, uh, and, and it could be creating a garden, you know, it doesn't have to be writing or music, sure. but I believe that the creative process and that making Art, whatever that is to you, is a powerful life transformer. And especially in times where we are facing so many challenges individually and on a collective level. I agree. You know, I, I always usually bring this up to people. I'm really fascinated by the field of positive psychology mm. and, the, and the state of flow. So that flow state that I call it my mental vacation, whether it's, you know, yesterday I was thinking, okay, I want to play guitar during the day, not at night where people might need me in my household or I'm tired. So mm. plugging in my effects pedals and just taking myself to another place for yes. over an hour. And, and, and then to me, that's writing is like that too. I get into the characters' lives, things just come to me. I go down that path. And so yeah. finding something that puts you in that flow state is so essential. It really is, especially now, because I think, I mean, let's face it, the world has never been perfect. There's always been predatory capitalism, disaster capitalism. There's always been racism. There's always been sexism. There's always been, you know, these issues that are coming up. There's always been, been. fill in the blank, a, a huge yeah. socioeconomic divide mm -hmm. and masters and slaves, you know, um, so, but, but I think one of the things that is really trying for our nervous systems today and really being able to tune into that inner voice that I believe we all have um, is that with social media, with this 24 seven news cycle that becomes about like the scariest story possible. Oh, and, the, and then with the internet and all the fake news, yeah. right. conspiracy theories. And I think that you know, that's even more trying because, I, I, you know, human beings weren't really set up for that. I mean, we're, right. you know, what you're describing, describing in the flow state too, I like to call that um, 
you know, going into no time. So you lose yourself. So, you know, and, and it's, it's great when you can be like writing or playing music or meditating, whatever, you know, taking a long walk and getting caught up in nature. And you're like, oh my goodness, three hours went by. It felt like five minutes, you know? Um, Because I think also modern life is so much about doing, doing, doing and churn, Mm -hmm. burn rather than being, being present and being mindful. Yeah. Yes. And breathing. And oh my God, I have to remind myself of that, you know, because that's been a long, you know, I mean, I I did have a lot of trauma in my early life and, you know, so I've done a huge amount of work on myself and healing and, uh, and I was always creating. I mean, one of the things that saved me growing up is I started acting in professional theater when I was seven. Amazing. Um, and I was always writing little poems and, you know, mm-hmm. so that, you know, but, but I, I even today sometimes can catch myself like holding my breath or, you okay. know, you can feel like you're tensed up and it's yeah. like, okay, yeah. hold on, be present. Everything's yeah. okay. No, (laughs) you'll figure, you'll figure it out. You'll figure the problem out, you know, Um, because we're all, you know, and that's the other thing, everybody's saying we're all in this together. That is true. And there are people who are going through much harder times than other people right now. Yeah. Yeah. But that again, it's kind of life, you know, it's right. And, and, uh, you know, career wise, personally, I mean, once you've been on the planet for, uh, you know, as long as you and I have, mm-hmm. you know, you realize that it's like, you oh, know, it's a roller coaster ride and we lose people, people we yeah. love pass away. I'll just, um, let me share something with you. Um, just this yeah. past weekend, I'm going to share this because he worked in New York, Sonny Fox, uh, TV host and producer. He was originally a host of Wonderama. He worked on um, a show called uh, Let's Take a Trip. He was innovative with children's television programming in New York because he had a very humanistic approach. So the other day when Cicely Tyson died, I thought, oh, I have a, I have a bad feeling in my gut. Like, you know, I, I hadn't spoken to him. We're very good friends, Sonny. I found out he passed away on the 24th and he was so strong. He was so... 95 years old. He was so funny. He would call me up and make jokes. And when are we going to lunch and come visit me? And I said, we have to wait because of COVID, you know, we don't want to get either one of us sick. And and what did he die of? He died of COVID pneumonia. And it just wrecked me. And I thought, oh, Janine, breathe, breathe, you know, and it's it's just, it's it's a very, very tough time, which is why we have to be very kind and compassionate to people. And also don't just text, pick up the phone if you haven't spoken to somebody, right? Yeah. yeah. Like in the old fashioned days where right. people call each other and phone actually- calls. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm, I'm very sorry for your loss. I mean- Oh, thank you. You know, it's, uh, it's and, and I think that we never- we'd never know when our number is going to be up. We right. never do. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, the good thing is he sounds like he lived a long, productive- oh, look him up, Gretel. Look him up. He had the most interesting background. In the New York Times, they have his obituary. Okay. Online. And I do know his name. I, oh, I mean, I- I'm sure. Yeah. Um, um, 
but it's still, but, but at the end of the day, it's still, you lost someone you love. Oh, I was so sad. I had known him for about 10 years and how did I do it? I was fascinated with Wonderama. I picked up the phone. I located him. We spoke on the phone for over an hour. I didn't know him. I just cold called him and he was so kind. And I said, how come there's not a Wonderama? And, you know, whenever I met him, he says, you know what? Nobody wanted to do it. He says, let's go to lunch. And from then on, we stayed friends and we would get together and have lunches. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But listen, I, we have to wrap up. But okay. where can people find out more about you? Well, um, I am on Facebook at Gretel Claggett, easily found there. Uh, Instagram at Gretel Marlena, M-A-R. Well, let me spell my first name because okay. it's a little G-R-E-T-L-M-A-R-L-E-N-E. And then Gretel Claggett uh, is G-R-E-T-L-C-L-A-G-G-E-T-T. Check out my website, uh, gretelclaggett.com. You can find links to all, you know, to Happy Hour, my first film, Storm Chaser, Flip the Switch, my book of poetry. And there's a way, you know, if you're inclined, you want to shoot me an email. I can get emails from there. And, uh, you know, I'm generally pretty good about responding if if people, you know, want to reach out. And then with Storm Chaser, um, if you follow on social media, there are virtual film festivals going on. Like it just closed out of the New York Women in Film and Television Short Film Festival, where we won a couple of, we won several awards there, which was great. Um, Best writer, director, and best dramedy. Um, Fantastic. uh, so yeah, I mean, I can't off the top of my head think like where it is next, but I always <laughs> post about it. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you, Janine. And I mean, so wonderful meeting you. And I would love to stay in touch. And love that. You know, I feel like I feel like you're a soul sister. Mm. And next time I'm in New York, which I hopefully will be sooner than later, we'll get together. I would love that. Mm-hmm.